Hi, this is Chelsea. This is Michael, and we are Coffee with Creators. Come sit with us and let's talk about content creation and all things creative. So welcome to our scrappy little podcast. Welcome back to a new episode of the Coffee with Creators podcast, and I'm your host, Michael. I am a full-time content creator, uh, graphic designer, and photographer, and just about everything else. Uh, (laughs) I should know what my interest should be by now, but, you know. It's just me. I'm kind of scrappy that way. But anyway, today is a very, very special episode of the Coffee Creators podcast because I have a guest with me who I've always wanted to be, who I've always wanted to invite in this podcast. And um, finally managed to get uh, into uh, his busy schedule and just like pull him out of his busy schedule just for, for a little bit and get him to sit down right in front of me here with the Coffee Creators uh, podcast. And my guest today is... None other than Matthew Encina. Matthew, welcome. Ooh, thank you for having me, Michael. It's it's been uh, it's been nice to get to know you over the years, and then finally get a chance to sit down with you on your podcast. So I'm happy to be here. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. So just for a little bit of context, Matthew and I met uh, back in 2019 uh, during Adobe Max, and that was kind of by accident. I've I've been following you since before, prior to that, and. I think I posted something on Instagram or you posted something on Instagram and we both found out basically that we were both in the uh, the convention mm-hmm. and we said, hey, I'll be in this hall or I'll be at the uh, the, the, the after party, not after party. Was it after party? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, it was the after party. We just bumped into each other there at the after party from my recollection. So it wasn't even planned. We knew no. we were both there, I believe. And then we just, we bumped, we literally bumped into each other like, oh. Oh hey, yeah. you came up to me like Matthew. You're just yeah. making sure that the you know that the uh, avatar matched the person in real life, and right. then yeah. then we had a little convo there. But yeah, that yeah, was a, were, that was a great event. <laughs> it was a great event, and I remember I met uh, Ben. If I hmm. if I recall, yeah, you were talking to Ben, and it was rather um, it was awkward for a little a little bit because obviously, like you said, it we just bumped into each other. And we're like hey Matthew and then you're like oh hey but at you know other than that we we really don't know anything about each other other mm-hmm. than we we followed each other on Instagram so but it was great and since then I've always just like felt like I need to get Matthew into the pocket or I need to just like maybe pick not really pick his brain but I wanted to get to know you because mm-hmm. I've seen your journey as well from mm-hmm. Instagram to um to YouTube which is crazy by the way and congratulations okay. uh it's just insane. It's insane. And I always hear or see or, or read your name pop up everywhere. It's like, oh, that's Matthew. That Even on Reddit. You know, <laughs> it's, a, yeah, it's so funny. It's like, I know that guy. It's like, I, and I don't know him personally, but per se, but um, I've met him. So again, um, I want to say thank you for, for being on the podcast. And I'm sure all the listeners uh, are excited to, to just hear your story. So I think we'll just start there. Um, can you share with us uh, your journey, basically, how you started before you before you got into the realm of, of um, YouTube? Because I don't really know what you do right now. I, for, I know mm-hmm. uh, of recent from recent news that you left your your previous position, mm-hmm. and so you're doing your own thing right now. So um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but before we get into that, I kind of just want to hear how your journey started. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give the snapshot as best as possible. So. Um, I went to study graphic design at Art Center College of Design in Pasadena. So I went there starting in 2005. I discovered at that time that uh, graphic design is fun, but I dis- discovered something better, which was motion design, something that combined my, my love for animation and video with telling uh, a story, visual communication that graphic design was all about. And this was the perfect marriage of those two things. So um, halfway through my time there at Art Center, I discovered motion design. And I'm glad I did because as soon as I graduated, I had an abundance of opportunity to work within the uh, advertising and commercial space. Because at the time, uh, animation, motion graphics was very hot in that world. Um, and there was more work than there was talent. So, you know, I, I went through that and I, I spent a long time starting my own business uh, at two, in 2007, eventually closing that after the market crash in 2008, going to freelance 
And I ended up uh, freelancing around town here in LA, a little bit in San Diego as well. Um, but then I ended up uh, at Blind, which is owned by Chris Doe, who was my teacher at Art Center. And um, he took me in. Uh, I freelanced there for a few years and eventually became a creative director. So I spent about 10 years working on TV commercials uh, for clients like Xbox and PlayStation, did a music video for Coldplay. It was a fantastic, beautiful part of my life. And looking back, I'm so appreciative. So mm, I can't like I don't even believe that that happened to me. It's almost like a dream. Like when mm. you're doing the work, sometimes you kind of feel like, you know, this is the work. And, and I don't really take the time to celebrate in, in this moments. But looking back, I can certainly uh, like give myself a cheers like, hey, good job, Matthew. Like, look what you accomplished. But uh, moving forward, you know, I, I spent about 10 years there doing uh, TV commercials, music videos. And about five years ago, uh, Christo, he started The Future, which is a online content uh, education company where he wanted to teach creatives basically everything in between you you've learned the hard skills of how to do the craft what about everything else about running the business talking to clients talking about money all the soft skills the things that we didn't learn in school and so he was very generous in sharing all of his experiences as an instructor at a private institute as a business owner of over 20 years and he just turned the camera on himself and started sharing. And then one by one, he started bringing people over from blind over to the future and then creating content there. So uh, yeah, about five years ago, he, he plucked me out of that group and said, hey, I want you to teach something on camera on YouTube. And my reaction at that time was, one, why me? Nobody's here to watch me. Everybody's here to watch you. This is not my show. I don't have anything to teach. There's nothing special about me. And plus, I have a little bit of um, bias against YouTube. Isn't that just where all the silly cat videos are at? Like, I, I don't understand YouTube, that world. Mm -hmm. Eventually, he he got me in there. He's He's been my mentor for a long time, and he's usually right about these things. So I did my first video uh, on the Future Channel, and it did really well. I got really good feedback. And then at that point, that was an unlock moment for me. I realized how much I've taken for granted all of the skills I've developed over the years, my experience, and how valuable that is to other people. So that really started my journey in terms of creating content, in terms of teaching other people. And for the next five years, I, I created dozens of videos um, on the Future Channel. And... Um, yeah, was able to stop doing all the client work at Blind. Eventually in 2019, we stopped doing client work and we focused 100% on creating content at the future because it was so much more fulfilling. It was such an interesting new space for all of us. And for me, it was just a way to develop new skills, being able to speak <laughs> on camera, being able to articulate my thoughts better and being able to take something that might be interesting to me and shape it in a way that might be interesting to others, educational mm -hmm. for others. And so that was great training. And then in 2019, at the beginning of 2019, I decided, you know what, maybe I should make my own YouTube channel. And it was mostly just for fun because I had acquired all these skills over 15 years of doing creative work. And I was like, you know, I, I, I kind of want to start doing stuff on my own. I don't know what it's going to be. It's just mostly a hobby. And at the time, I wanted to re remodel my home office. And this was, uh, again, at the beginning of 2019. So I documented the process because I watched all these cool videos online that inspired me. Um, you know, people like Becky and Chris and, and oh, David yeah. Zhang. <laughs> yeah. and, and I watched all these people. And I was like, wow, these are all beautiful. And but that's kind of like where it ended. There wasn't much content beyond that. There weren't many other things out there. And I'm like, you know what? I, I feel like I could have a voice in this space. There's some white space for me as, uh, as a content creator. And I am very obsessed with this at the moment because when I choose to do something, I can only focus on that thing. I put some shutters on and it's like I go full immersion. So at the time, I wanted to redesign my office and kind of spec it out for me. So I was watching tons of videos. I was reading tons of pieces of content online, looking at all kinds of things on Pinterest and like pulling pieces here and there 
and crafting and designing a space for me. Taking all my knowledge as a designer over the years and applying that to a physical space. All the same, while I was documenting the process, I didn't really know what it was going to be. And then, you know, I, I ended up putting together a video and releasing it at the beginning of 2019. And it did really well, surprisingly well, better than a lot of the videos that I had been producing prior at the future, which is crazy because all that stuff was value packed. You know, it's like this is yeah. how it's going to help your career, maybe earn more money. And like I'm sharing gems that you probably wouldn't hear behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. And then I'm making this video about me remodeling my office and it turns out that people were very interested in it. And I think in the first three or four months, it already hit a million views. And I thought that this was just insane. And ever since then, like that channel's been growing. I've been experimenting, doing little videos here and there. Um, and it took me to 2020, February 2020, where uh, I realized that that was really fun to be creating content on my own. Everything that I've done around that has generated so many new opportunities um, both in new projects to tackle as well as um, just revenue and income for me. Um, so much so that I had to leave my job I because it's like I, 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 this was something that happened to me in, uh, in uh, early 2020 where I was mm-hmm. kind of just reflecting on my life as I think many people were during that year. I was like, what do I want to do next? I don't know. Like I've been doing this for a long time. Let me, let me do this logically. So I looked at all the possible um, kind of forks in the road. It's like stay with the future, go work for another company, go on my own. And I was just like mapping things out. And for me to make a decision, it wasn't a pros and cons. Mm-hmm. That's my old uh, 16-inch MacBook <laughs> starting, of course. Um, it wasn't a, a pros and cons list. It was just a, I, I created ways to measure how to make my decision. So I believe mm-hmm. there was like, uh, time and autonomy, um, creative freedom, like what's going to give me the most creative uh, freedom and development, uh, income, revenue. And there might have been something else, maybe potential growth. So I scored each of those possible forts in the road, one out of five in each category. And the one that scored the highest was going on my own. And then right behind that, like literally two points behind that was staying at the future. So they were very neck and neck. And this was at the beginning mm-hmm. of 2020. Mm-hmm. And and, and then I said, you know what? The thing is, like, I would like to go on my own, but I have not hit these revenue goals. Like, I needed to make a certain amount for this to make sense. So, you know, I went through 2020, and I reached the end of the year, and getting into 2021, and I looked at my books because I had to do my accounting for the year. And I realized that all of the side hustle stuff that I've been doing for, through YouTube and everything that's associated with that has generated just as much income for me as my full-time job. Mm-hmm. And that already hit the metric that I wanted to on like, <laughs> is this realistic? So yes. at that point, mm-hmm. I, based on my own logic, I had to leave. I could not mm-hmm. stay there anymore. So mm-hmm. that, you know, February 2021, 20, I put in my two weeks, which was more like six weeks because I wanted to, I didn't want to leave them high and drive. But I told Chris and I explained everything to him what I was looking for and why I had to do this. And he's like, yeah, makes perfect logic sense. I would would have done the same thing. And uh, I'm surprised you didn't leave sooner, to be honest. Like (laughs) you were ready a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah. But for me, I'm just like, I I needed so many, so much reassurance. You know, I like to plan a little bit. I just like to feel reassured that if I'm going to take a leap, that there's going to be something uh, safely there to to catch me. And, you know, the the rest is like, I've just been exploring from, uh, from that time until till now towards the end of 2021 so i'll pause there because that wasn't as short i was hoping it to be no, but i wonderful. just got into a train of thought that was, and i had to that go. was wonderful i really appreciate that actually i i just let you because i wanted to hear some more so don't ever think that that was boring or anything that's, that's really <laughs> fascinating so there's a couple of things that i i do want to ask you right so you mentioned reassurance and i think that's one of the things that a lot of creators um struggle with right mm-hmm. myself included um and you, you don't have to be a freelancer. You don't have to be, actually, you don't even have to be a creator per se. I think people mm-hmm. in general just want reassurance. And uh, yeah. I was reminded, but but this kind of just like hit me even um, more because just a few days ago, I went, I went to go see my doctor for mm-hmm. uh, my just usual checkup. And then I was asking him all these little things, right? Like, 
well, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with that? Like, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling that. And he's like, is it still, are you feeling it right now? And, and I said, no. <laughs> he's, he kind of <laughs> laughed. And he's like, you know, what we're looking for sometimes is reassurance. Mm-hmm. And he actually used that word. He's like, reassurance. But there's really nothing that we can do, right? We can, we can only um, try to look out for it and try to uh, basically be more mindful of what's happening mm-hmm. and take notes, right? Understand what's going on. And if it becomes a problem, then you address it. So he's mm-hmm. like, you're spending way too much time trying to find all these reassurances, which you'll never really get. So talking about reassurance, Matthew, um, have you always been that type of person? Like, what well, actually it, from your story, and I know that's just a very shallow way of looking at your of the, the story that you shared, but it seems like you were so sure-footed with everything. You mm-hmm. you went to school, you studied this, you did everything the Matthew and Tina way, which is you study it, you you write things down, you mm-hmm. measure it, you try to quantify whatever it is that you can so mm-hmm. that you can make a better or informed decision. But yes. when it comes to reassurance, like is that something that you you're always actively seeking or do you always, or do you also take maybe leaps of faith when it comes to, you know, some decisions? Yeah, I think this was made clear to me when I was working at the future um, because Chris is a risk taker. He's an innovator and he will always jump before he knows everything and he figures it out. Uh, you know, he builds the parachute on the way down after he jumps out of the plane and he's just so, confident that way that he knows he will he will land safely and even if he gets a little roughed up he still will learn and he he had made the leap and he's gone farther than he thought he was possible so he's an innovator and he pushes very hard working with somebody like ben burns there he's a lot more of a realist like he's a planner he likes to have um, systems and machines and like everything all kind of working um and, and take things slow, you know, like one step at a time and, and build things like he, he builds machines and systems very fast. Um, but he has a very methodical approach, I think more so than me. I believe I'm somewhere right between the two, because in every meeting, they would definitely be at odds on a lot of mm, a lot of things that we would discuss at the company. Like Chris is really pushing and Ben's like, well, we should have this prepared. And I was always right there in the middle sometimes as the mediator, but mostly just because I understood both of them. Mm-hmm. So for me, I always approach problems or any opportunity with a little bit of skepticism, but I'm open just enough to hear it out. So because I have like one ear or one foot in each camp, I think this allows me a lot of um, ability to take risks, but only after I've done a thorough evaluation of it. Like, I'm happy Mm -hmm. to take risk. I'm happy once I have done a little bit of research on something, I feel very confident in taking that next step. So, for for instance, like how I approach a lot of my YouTube videos or even my career, it's the same thing. It's like, I want to move in this direction. What is it like out in that direction? Um, How might I succeed if I go that way? And I'll give you an analogy. Um, I like to play to win. And mm-hmm. and that and I say that generally, but to contextualize that, when I play video games, I'm looking for the shortest possible way to win the game. I'm not trying to check off every box. I'm not trying to um, explore all crazy. Uh, I just want to win the game so I can move on to the next game. And that's just right. how I operate. Mm-hmm. So I, I play to win um, versus somebody like Chris. Chris plays to play. He plays to play like he's in the game for the long run. And I think he's already Mm -hmm. won many games in his life. So he's just in the game and he knows that the game is that infinite game, right? There's no ending and it just keeps going and going. So um, my mindset right now is is play to win. So I approach a lot of things like that. So if I'm playing a video game, I might say, okay, I want to beat this boss. You know, what are the weaknesses? Uh, What are his strengths? Like, what can I do? Like, where can I hide? Like, how can I glitch out the game? So I'm like hiding in the corner and not get hit by his projectiles, right? Like all these things I'm trying to figure out so that I can beat this person easily and then and do very well and then move on to the next thing versus Mm -hmm. like if I play a game with my wife, for instance, we were both playing uh, Zelda Uh, breath of the wild at the same time i'm just like the marker says go over there that's our next objective i go straight there 
my wife, she'll just go look around and start shaking trees and then and then like looking for little things. I'm like, there's nothing going to be there. She's like, well, you never know. I need to shake every tree until um, and explore. So that's yeah. like I just wanted to give that comparison on the people around me have 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 helped me see where I mm-hmm. kind of land in this in this matrix. So I, I, I do like to win. I, I like to be assured in the sense that I just need to do enough research that I feel confident enough. But I would never necessarily jump in without a little bit of research or understanding of the right. my strengths and my weaknesses in, in that particular situation. If I were to really honestly um, surmise that, I feel like you have the best uh, mixture of everything just because when it comes to decision making or your creative endeavors, just because um, you seem to have a purpose like already there, there is a purpose to, to there's a um, there's a goal, I think, is, is what I'm trying to say. And it, you strike me as someone who makes a lot of goals and you can sit you constantly make goals and that's what you're trying to pursue all these these goals which is very admirable and it's so fascinating to me while you're sharing this story is that when you're describing yourself as a creator as a creative um it's very not really the opposite but i'm very much on the other side like uh um i i do approach things with i i basically also look for reassurance obviously we don't want to be um foolish and just make you know, decisions, just, you know, whatever. Um, but I am more of the, uh, let's try it out and see how, what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm that type of guy. Like I like to take risks and I never, I never was like that. I think most of my life mm-hmm. I was f- on the other side, like way, way on the other side, which is basically, I'm not going to do anything unless I'm reassured. Right. And then as I got older, I noticed that all the things that I wanted never really materialized just because I was waiting for reassurance. And so I started to take more risk. And if I were to look back, I definitely would wish that I was a little bit more just like you, where I would take mm. risk, but also assess the situation and, you know, study it. I was more, I, I'm too much of a, um, let's just see what happens kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But again, <laughs> at the the, right. At the end of the day, that's just my personality. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can't really fault myself for that. I think that's the beauty of having different personalities. Mm-hmm. And to your right, to, like to your story, um, to, to use your story earlier about sitting in the middle while Ben and Chris um, share ideas, for example, to be in the middle, I think that's just like a, a really, it's a very um, interesting, I bet, situ- uh, position to be in, to really see both sides. I try to be in the middle with every decision that I make. But most of the time, I'm really on, I would say more on Chris's side, where it's just like, let's mm-hmm. jump and figure things out, right? right? But again, at the same time, there are some, I've, I've already built a couple of um, um, safety nets below. Mm-hmm. I think that's my way of doing it, right? Before mm-hmm. I, I create little safety nets, and then I jump. You know, mm-hmm. will those safety nets work when I land? I don't know, but at least I make <laughs> something. So that's, that's kind great. of how I how I approach it. But it's really interesting, and it's actually kind of reassuring to me to see how people can approach life and their work and their careers very, very differently. One can be – you can be very – you have to measure everything. One can be a little bit more uh, of a risk taker. And it doesn't mean that either one of those will fail or win. It's really just – it's just a different path, but you all end mm-hmm. up in the same um, main road, I think. So it was mm-hmm. kind of nice to hear that that story. Um, yeah, I, 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 it's just like, a, I guess I just wasn't picturing you to be like that. When, when I watch your videos, right, I watch your videos, I would picture you to be more of like what Ben, ben is. Mm-hmm. Very measured, very uh, uh, decisive in everything. So mm-hmm. actually, let's go back to that, um, that YouTube channel that you mentioned earlier because you you Mm -hmm. said something that um you were surprised that it was performing a lot better than Mm -hmm. the ones that you've uh, previously produced why Mm -hmm. do you think that that's the case i think because um at the future it is education for creatives so it's very niche down um and it's very specific right most people in that space um, at least at this and these are all anecdotal uh, these aren't truths and it's not binary right uh, what I feel like a lot of people who are online that are in the creative space are looking for very specific things and most of the time it has to do 
with technical knowledge. Like, how do I do this? Like, how do I, they look up tutorials for how to photo manipulation, like how to get that vintage look, for instance, right? Those are things that people look for where what we wanted to do at the future was go beyond that. It's like, okay, there's tons of this stuff. Well, what about the business stuff? There's very little of this. So we focused on that. And um, we know that that audience is a little bit smaller who's searching for that. And it's it's not the audience that's necessarily uh, there. It's, it's a small sliver of who exists on YouTube. Sometimes there's going to be big um, things that are, are hits over there. But most of the time, you know, in, in that space, we know we at the future, we're making stuff that we're probably doing the best in that niche, even though it's not millions of views like Mr. Beast, it's probably, you know, tens of thousands of views. It's still very good for that space. And that was the ceiling Mm -hmm. because that was the audience. That was the niche audience there. Um, For my channel, um, when I created that first desk setup video and remodeling this, I think the audience was much bigger. The potential of the audience was much bigger. So a lot of people, uh, have a home office they have a home and they have a space that they want to design for themselves so therefore uh, it applied to a much broader audience and I believe I uh, based off of my research I was presenting it in a way that was unlike other videos Mm -hmm. because there were there were a few other videos at the time again and they kind of did it in their own way their own voice and I took the the best parts that I enjoyed from those videos and then taken all of my kind of educational approach that I learned uh, at the future Mm-hmm. And I infused that all together, you know, in, in my style. And, and I created that white space for me in a place that had a lot of potential in terms of audience. And I think that's why it blew up because there wasn't as much competition and the potential audience was was very large. And these are all things that I researched uh, ahead of time. Um, but still, I didn't know that it was it was it was a it was a calculated risk. I was I was um, making sure that this was a little bit more of an investment rather than a risky bet. So I, I had good feelings about it, but I didn't know that it would perform as well as it did. I love what you said there. You were trying, you were making sure that it was more a an investment than a risk. I think that's really interesting. I think it's um, it just puts into perspective like all the efforts that we you know we put towards something, anything, right? Like, are you investing towards you know something? Is it is it just Again, it goes back to me, just like being uh, like Chris, like you said, like I just play because I like to play. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I get frustrated because I'm like, I'm not getting the results that I want. But obviously, I probably could get better results if I did a little bit of um, research, <laughs> like what Matthew is doing. But mm-hmm. I just don't do that. So yeah. but I just I just really like what you just said. Um, you, you're, you're trying to make sure that it was more of an investment than just you know taking a risk. So do you really approach everything like that in life? Like, is, does it, or does it mainly just pertain to work or, or anything that you create? Like, or are you really just, is that your personality? You, you try to re you try to assess everything first and make sure that every decision that you make, whether big or small, that there is a purpose to it. Cause it seems like that's what I'm getting from your personality. It's not a bad thing. I'm just yeah. really curious. Um, I would say at the core of me, mm-hmm. yes, I am very intentional about the things I choose to do. But I think a layer below that, the thing that's driving it all, is I am very curious. And I think that's something that's just been in me since I was very young. So I have a deep curiosity on how things work. And I'll give you examples. Like when I was a little kid, like my parents, would they bought me this like little... Um, a toy car um, that w- had a little engine inside and and I was curious about how it worked so um, you know after playing with it maybe no longer than a week or so it's like this whole car set um, I went to the garage I went to my dad's uh, toolbox I shouldn't have that have that access to this and I got a hammer and I started like breaking it and like taking it apart because I wanted to look at the engine inside like what was making this thing work like i was so fascinated by that and i ended up spending many more weeks just playing with the engine than i was with the actual car Uh, i don't know if my dad ever found out that i broke the toy but um like that's one example of my my young curiosity how that manifests now is that oh that's my dog chewy oh it's okay it's It's okay uh, sounds cute (laughs) 
um, how that manifests now is like when I see, um, for instance, like a successful YouTube video that I personally enjoy, it's like, wow, that was a great video. Why did I like that? Mm-hmm. How did they make me like that? And what are the things that they're doing that are triggering these feelings in me? I do this with food when I go to a fancy restaurant and I have this incredible experience. It's like, wow, this bite was so delicious. Why did I like that? What's in it? What are the ingredients? Is it salty or is it sweet? Is it sour? Or is it spicy? What are all these combinations of things that are happening so that if I were to go home and recreate this um, sauce reduction, I might be able to accomplish that same thing next time I'm going to cook pork, for instance, and I need an right. interesting drizzle on top. Mm-hmm. I, I, this is how I approach my whole life. I, I just can't not wonder how mm-hmm. something works. And I think that applies to my work and just like everything else um, that is interesting to me in my life. So because I have that curiosity, I think that is the main driver as to why um, a lot of things on the surface look very intentional. It's mm-hmm. because I just want to know how something works. And because once I understand how it works, then I might be able to see myself in having some success there and the Mm -hmm. the other part of this is just having great role models and a great environment so because i have this curiosity i've had a great environment growing up for helping me to see possibilities because i wasn't always the most confident kid um but you know my mom she's very bold right and she's she's a go-getter having Mm -hmm. somebody like like chris in my life who's just like play to play and like he takes all these risks and then I watch him succeed, you know, creating this YouTube channel and a platform around it. It's like, wow, these are possibilities for me that I could now see. Somebody else had to do it first. But realizing that somebody else, somebody that I know within my circle can do this, why not me? And yes. guess what? I'm, I have been so curious. I know how everything works. Of course, I'm ready to do this. So I will go take that step. So I think those are the things that have influenced me both as a like core driver in, in my personality in term, and as well as my environment and things that have helped me see possibilities in my own life that makes everything look on the surface of what I do. It's like, this guy's very intentional and this guy cannot yeah. fail. You know, those are, those are things that also bite me in the butt. But those are, I think those are the things that kind of help me move in these, in these uh, directions and, and achieve the success that I've been fortunate to have. that um when you said that that you were just genuinely curious mm-hmm. that kind of explained everything to me i'm mm-hmm. like oh you know what that's true like it, it's almost like um just having the curiosity of a child right like even mm-hmm. when you were a little kid um having that genuine curiosity will make you into that will mold you into that type of person that that one the person who, who just could not stop wondering about how things work and I think that's a, such an awesome trait. I wish I had the patience. I'm I'm a genuinely curious guy, like super curious. But the problem is I don't have the patience to learn everything. So it's almost like if I took if I were to compare myself to you, I'd be like, "Gee, I wonder how that works." Hey, Matthew, can you smash this car up so I can see how it works? I'm not gonna do it <laughs> myself. You know what I mean? It's not. Right. It's it's that's just that not the type of person that I am. But for you, it really serves you well because you've brought that into your work, your career, and just how you approach life. And you're right. It does kind of give you that, um, or give people the impression. I don't know if that's something that you you favor or not. You, you mentioned that it kind of bites you in the butt every now and then. But yeah, people th- start to think that Matthew's an expert in everything because everything's intentional. Everything's um, planned out. How do you feel about that, though? Do you, do you like, maybe not... I shouldn't probably ask if you like it or not, but just how do you feel about that? If I were to um, try to describe you, that's kind of how I would describe you. Um, from what I've seen on your uh, on what you've created on YouTube or on Instagram, it seems like everything is very much calculated. Everything is very much um, planned out. Does that mm-hmm. strike you as something? Do, do you listen to something like that and say, that's not really me? Or, yeah, that's pretty much who I am 
Right. Well, there's a saying in terms of branding, right? It's it's not what you say it is. It's what they say it is. So I because I've worked in the creative space for a while, I understand that with branding, you can influence what people think based off of what you put out there. But how they perceive you is who you are to them. And just understanding that there is um, that layer of how they see you, whether you accept that as the truth or not, like that's that is the perception. And. I'm not necessarily bothered by that because I've been described these ways and I also embrace these things where it's like intentional, meticulous, curious. Like these are things that are always in my head in terms of how I see myself and how others see me. And I I also study that, right? Like why do they think these things of me? And I can totally understand if I'm putting things out there where everything seems perfectly curated or thought out, it's like, wow. I guess I am an intentional person, but I wouldn't have described myself that way before. But, you know, people are always amazed, like, wow, you really thought that through. But I'm just, th- this has been going on from in my head forever since I was a little kid. And it's just like, no, I'm just making visible my thought process. I'm just being able to mm-hmm. articulate it to you. It's like, I have a goal. There's a challenge in the way. These are the steps that I took in order to accomplish that. And here's the result. Right. I just think like a designer. Right, This is a lot of my training. And it's like I just think this way. So it seems very intentional and maybe it is. And I'm not necessarily bothered by that. But uh, um, that's just I've just illuminated my thoughts so other people can see it. Um, How I feel about that is uh, I mentioned it kind of bites me in the butt sometimes is. I'm not perfect. You know, I'm still human. Uh, And uh, there are things that. You know, I make mistakes and I'm trying to also make sure that I I share my mistakes as much as um, the accomplishments. So those are little Mm -hmm. things that I try to include in in my content or things that I push out there. But I know the uh, the uh, successes uh, that are visible are definitely outweigh the mistakes because I'm I'm not the person where it's like I'm going to cry on camera or show all my failures week to week. And there are people who do that and are incredibly vulnerable and are very much themselves like I'm I I am a lot more mindful about what I put out there. And it's like, do I really want this to be on the internet forever? Because there are challenges that I have that uh, everybody faces. I'll give you an example. I I made content on this on the future uh, about expectations where I was having a chat with my friend Melanie Whitney. And the whole thing that she brought to my visibility was that we have all these expectations growing up um, culturally, like how you grew up or your profession, oh, because you're a graphic designer, you must do this. Because you're a nurse, you must also be this. Because you're the oldest brother, you must be so responsible. Like all these expectations sometimes get slapped on top of you and you're not aware. And then you just operate life with those things and and that kind of dictates your feelings, your emotions, and then sometimes your actions. That conversation and reflecting at that time made me realize that while I've had an incredible support system growing up um, in my environment, my parents and my family were very supportive. I have good mentors like Chris, and it just seems like I have a majority of successes over failures. Everyone always celebrated me. You know, like my mom always like, oh, you got an A again, (laughs) put it on the wall, student of the month again. And we have a whole binder full of these things. And it's just like, it's just because it's like I, I was a good student and I just knew how to play in that system. Um, mm-hmm. But because everybody was celebrating me, like I just assume that I can never fail. But when failure hits me, then it it cuts me a lot deeper than than anything else. So, for instance, like um, in 2007, when I was graduating out of college, again, there was more work than there was talent. And work was dropping in my lap and and my peers, people who I graduated with, we were doing work for PlayStation and Lincoln Park out of college, in college. Like, this is ridiculous, ridiculous. So at the time, we were like, uh, we kind of have to start a business. This is, we have to do this. Like, it would be dumb if we did not answer this call. Mm -hmm. We can have our independence and just being the naive kids we were. I was like, yeah, we're going to do rad work for rad clients and just work <laughs> with our friends. You know, like that, that's I think everybody who starts a creative studio or a business, they kind of assume those things. And it's, that's, it's uh, the naivety. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we went into that and it was a wonderful time until reality hit um, the market housing market crashed and that rippled everywhere. Um, 
all the advertising budgets scrunched up, all the wallets closed, and then all of a sudden we didn't have work and we didn't know how to get new work. And that was a humbling moment. But that humbling moment, which was very good for me in my life, it left a very deep scar in me. It's like, ooh, I can't take risks. I probably shouldn't start a business. I'd just rather go freelance or go work for somebody else because they're taking all the risk. I just get paid to do my job very well and focus on the thing that I do well. So that's why I joined as a creative director. And I think why it took so long for me to quit my job at the future is because I did not have the confidence because I still had that scar of, ah, oh, everybody expects me to win. Now my relationship is kind of like my, my personal expectation of myself is a little bit tarnished because of how I feel about that situation. And I didn't have the confidence to become an entrepreneur or do things on my own until my logic brain clicked in and helped me realize, look how far you've come. You've already made the money that you said you needed to make. You have no more excuses, Matthew. It's time to go. And Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of kicked me out of that rut, helped me realize what that situation in my my life was, that scar, and was just more of a reminder of don't be foolish. The the world can humble you. Just make sure... um, Make sure you're do you know you make better decisions. Don't go into things so naively, and right. I think that also helped double down the like. There's the curiosity, and then wanting that reassurance that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. So having those faced those failures, um, has that changed your perception of um, of how you who you make decisions? Does it like I guess what I'm trying to ask is, have you become more of a uh, I kind of don't want to do that anymore because I, I I don't want to get burned again or is it like, has it even enforced your, your um, or maybe maybe built up your confidence a little bit in yourself? Yeah, let me, I'm going to try and process that a little bit. I think um, those failures in my life, it's just given me more reflection points. It's taught me what not to do and what I could do better. So just being able to reflect is mm-hmm. a lesson in its itself, right? Um so learning all the things that I didn't know back then, like running my business, like we didn't do any biz dev really. Like we put a portfolio out and thought people were going to call our phone <laughs> and that they yeah. work, right? <laughs> it's like, no, you actually have to go out and drum up business. Yes. You actually have to talk to people. You have to grow your network and you constantly have to be feeding that machine. Mm-hmm. And then I learned actually how to do that working at Blind and the future with Chris because he taught me how to do that firsthand. We had a coach, uh, Kira McLaren, who sat down with all of us. And just really, I, I witnessed it. I got to study. Like I had a gap in my life after my business. And I got to witness the right way to do it um, through working there under uh, under the wing of other people. And that helped me a lot to fill in that gap. Um, and um, And so there are many instances like that where the failures in my life just helped me realize my gaps that I need to f- fill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my curiosity usually kicks in after. And if yeah. I w- want to go down that avenue again, it's like, well, how can I do this better? How can better. I avoid those landmines? And how how can I better equip myself moving forward? I love that. I love that answer because I think um, I think that's something that a lot of people need to hear. And you know, when we think of the word failure, <laughs> our gut reaction is to just kind of back away, and that's normal, right? But it seems like you've you've turned that around and used failure as literally just like as um, lessons, right? Okay, kind of like in a game, right? You you jump into like a, a a fake floor and it opens up and you're like, okay, well, I guess I'm not gonna jump there again. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. So seems, right. So it seems like that approach, that that kind of um, looking at it from a perspective with a little bit less emotion. Mm-hmm can be very, very um, empowering, I feel like. Because mm-hmm. the way you explained it, to me, it just seems like, hey, here's a, here are the facts, right? I failed before. What can I do in the future that will prevent that from happening again? And so if you look at it that way, it's not as scary anymore. It's kind of like, um, I remember when I first started my Instagram account, um, I decided to try something different. And I posted this story um, saying that I'm trying something new, but it's scaring me. It's scaring the heck out of me. Mm-hmm. And some someone messaged me, and this person, to this day, I will not forget who this person is. He's not even active on Instagram anymore, but he just 
he was so kind to send me a voice message. And I was, I wasn't someone significant. Like, I mean, in the world of Instagram, what I'm trying to say, I only had like a couple of thousands of followers. I don't think I was even within 5,000 followers, but he was so kind enough to send me a voice message and said, hey, Michael, I just wanted to let you know that anytime you're afraid of doing something new, that's usually a good sign because you're, that means you're, you're trying to progress yourself. And mm-hmm. to, to try to help you um, get um, over that fear, just think of every new challenge as um, gathering data. That's all mm-hmm. it is. You're gathering mm-hmm. data. Whether you win or you lose, you're gathering data. So if you did something right, gather the data and tell yourself, okay, do this again. If you did something wrong, then gather the data and say, okay, I'm not going to do that again. So when he said that, I've never forgotten that. I've basically done, I've, I've always reminded myself of that, that thing that he said. To this day, every decision that I make, I may be a risk taker. And I think that's, that's part of the reason why I've become more of a risk taker. It's because now I'm saying, I'm just here mm-hmm. to gather the, the data. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's, that's <laughs> all it is. So that's my my way of, of, of um, making decisions in, in a sense, obviously not trying to shoot myself in the foot by just jumping completely without a pot parachute. Right. But it just got me over that, that hump, you know, it gave me a little bit of boost of, uh, of confidence to make mm-hmm. decisions and take a little bit of uh, risk. But I, pre- I appreciate that, Matthew. You know, I really thank you for, for sharing everything you've shared, honestly. And it's, it's so I feel like this episode has been so different from what my my usual content is for coffee creators in a very very great way because this this is the first time that I'm kind of stumped. <laughs> it's like I really don't know what else to say, where else to go because I'm still trying to catch up with everything that you've said earlier. Your story, the way you approach things, so fascinating to me and I I know for a fact that as soon as this uh, episode is over. I'm going to re-listen to it, and then reprocess everything, and be like, "Oh, okay, that make that's that's what Matthew meant, you know, and this is what he said." So, I just wanted to say thank you for finding the time to be here on the Coffee with Creators, and I know you have a, a very busy schedule, but I would love for it if you could find the time again, maybe in the future, to come back and just maybe say hi. That'd be awesome to just to just be here, basically. So the doors are always open for you, and. Um, Actually, before I, I end this podcast, I wanted to ask you one thing. This is one thing I wrote before you actually got on the call. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just curious, from you know, looking at what you've accomplished thus far, what would be something that you would give your younger self as an advice? Like probably during the time when you felt any, a time when you, when, when you feel like you need to hear this advice, what would that be mm-hmm. to a younger Matthew? Yeah, I um, I would rather give this advice to other people or to myself now rather than my younger self because I do not regret any step in my journey and all of my successes and failures. I would not alter because all of them got me to who I am today. So I would not alter younger Matthew. I would leave that person. I would never time travel and give that advice to somebody else. But I have conversations with myself all the time when I reflect when I reflect when I'm down or when I'm up, like I, I always reflect. So to go alongside of what your um, your creator friend was telling you in terms of gathering data, um, the other thing that has become very apparent to me, which I helped me get out of a little bit of a rut lately because I was feeling a little lazy and not motivated, was to think about who you will become after you complete this task. So there's something in front of you, there's a project, there's something that you want to do, but you are putting it off. There's all this resistance inside, as, as um, Stephen Pressfield would say in his book, The, the War of Art, is that there's all this resistance in, in, in the way, like emotional resistance, um, you know, like you're just putting up all these walls and excuses as to why you can't do this thing. Reasons why, even if you tried, you probably wouldn't be successful. But what's helped me recently is just to imagine who do I want to be and who I will become after I complete this thing and what doors might be open for me after I complete this thing. So that has been incredibly motivating for me to realize, shoot, there are things I want to accomplish in this life. There are things that I want to 
to expand beyond who I am today. But I won't be able to get there unless I take that step, unless I complete this thing on my to-do list, and unless I complete this project. Like one big goal for me lately is just to become a better storyteller. And so I'm taking projects on or doing things on that might help me expand that skill set. It's, it's a little bit risky in my eyes. Like these are things I haven't done, but because I'm saying yes to them, I know I'm growing and that when I'm done with these things, I'm going to be that much better at storytelling. So I wanted to share that because it's some internal conversation and reflection that I've had that's helped me self-motivate and say, dude, look who you're going to become. Like that is exciting because look what you've done prior. You can only imagine what's possible ahead. I'd love that. I think I'm going to write that down. <laughs> I'm definitely going to write that down. I'm probably going to post it on a wall or something because it's really, really good. I've never heard that before. I've never looked at it from that perspective before. And it's so approachable because it's a, such a simple question. Who are you going to be after you accomplish this? What What is it going to mean for you? It's just, I love it. I told you I'm going to listen to this podcast again. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, Matthew, again, thank you so much for finding the time today to be here with me in uh, the Coffee You Creators podcast. Uh, before we go, I would, can you share with the audience where they can find you? Yeah, you can pretty much find me on any platform at Matthew and Cena. Um, so that's Instagram, Facebook. I don't use that anymore. Twitter, I barely use that. Um, but you'll, you'll find me there as well as on YouTube if you just look up my name. And then yeah. I reference a lot the future. So if you look them up on all those same social platforms and that's the future without an e you can see a lot of my old content and a lot of the great content that they still do today awesome well thank you so uh again i, I keep saying the same thing but thank you again matthew it's really been an honor a pleasure and i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the coffee creators podcast um please support the show by sharing this with your friends and your family and help us grow and also you can now interact with us on spotify i leave little questions there or polls or anything so on each episode from uh, moving forward you can you can do that um also reach out reach out to us on instagram at coffee w creators or you can email us email us sorry at coffeewithcreatorspodcast at gmail.com and this episode is also going on youtube so we're uploading episodes now um so you can see so you can see my face and you can see matthew's face there um help us reach 100 subscribers because that will make it easier for people to find us because we can get a custom url by then but that's pretty much it for this episode and on behalf of my co-host chelsea we thank you again for listening to the Coffee Creators Podcast, and we hope to see you again next time. Take care. <laughs>